Welcome to Meet and Greet Barbecue Podcast. It's presented with, by myself, Dan, uh, also known as Welshman Barbecues, and also Owen Cook, also known as Back Garden Barbecues. How are you doing? Good, Dan. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good indeed. Thank you very much. Would you like to tell everyone why we've put this together? Yeah, definitely. So, well, what's, the, what's there not to love about barbecuing, first and foremost? I'm a um, barbecue enthusiast, long and short of it. There's, uh, my wife would say I'm obsessed uh, about barbecuing. I eat, sleep and dream it. I'm, I'm out there cooking three or four times a week. I've got five barbecues. Um, I do everything from, you know, a classic British sausages and burgers through to your kind of American low and slow, big pieces of brisket, long cooks, proper smoking. Um, yeah, just just love it. And this is a great, a great opportunity just to talk about it and talk to other people about it. So um, give my, my wife's ears a break. Yeah, my story is quite different. Um, so I've, I, I love barbecuing. I've barbecued for years and years. But um, Owen and I have a personal life. That's why this has been set up. And I used to get a proper grilling from him for just using gas for years and years and years. And I mean, we used to joke about it all the time. Um, I mean, it is kind of like outdoor. It's outdoor grilling. It's outdoor cooking. And it's not quite the same as barbecuing. Well, I always said that if you're using wood uh, or logs or briquettes or charcoal, actually, it's a fire pit. It's not actually barbecuing. But, I, you know, I've moved on. I've moved on. Some would say that um, I've enlightened my way of thinking. Uh, but Owen's also turned to the grilling gas side as well. So, you know, it's a bit of both ways, really. A bit of uh, push and pull. I will say, though, I... Uh... I did, but I did purchase a gas barbecue after I said I never would, and it's it's more like a it's just a it's a Kadak um, carry chef. It's it's a one that you can pack away, take camping. Actually, it's it's really built for camping, not necessarily for the, the back garden. It's not like one of the you know the Weber gas series or anything like that. I just don't find it. I, I've used it. I bought you know bought the gas canisters, and I reckon in a year I can count on my hands how many times I use it because I always just think you know, the better flavour with, with actual cooking on, on charcoal and wood. Um, but, but gas is convenient. I suppose that's that's the thing. That was always that was always my thing. So if I got home from work at about six, half six, I could get a meal started, cooked on the plate and eaten in half an hour on a gas barbecue. Like that. Yeah. And that, that's what I used to do. So that would let me particularly before I was even kind of aware to like quick starters, chimney starters and everything like that. I just thought, well, there's no other way that I'm going to be able to barbecue four or five times a week without that sort of setup. I mean, I was wrong. Um, and it is very different, but the other reason I got into barbecuing properly is because my co-host badgered me for a long time because he wanted an Instagram friend he wanted someone on Instagram he could be friends with and we could compete and have a good time. And it's the best thing that's happened. So well done for being a bully. Thank you very much. It's not, you know, it's probably not the best label to, uh, to be proud of, but uh, you yeah, are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
uh, you bought a charcoal bug about six months ago, right? Yeah, so it would have been end of August um, of 2020. So we had all the hot weather, obviously with lockdown and everything that had been going on. I've been out there so much. Um, I'd been doing a lot of gas barbecuing. And I, I was thinking, I've got all this time and I've got a barbecue that'll take me 15, 20 minutes to do what I want to do. And I can't really do a long roast, even like a roast chicken on it, really, because it's, it's not worth doing on a gas, I'd argue. You know, if you don't have anything else, then go for it. But it's not the same as kind of low and slow smoking or anything like that. It didn't have space for like beer, but chicken or anything like that. So it, it was something that would give me something to do that I'd really, really enjoy. and meant that I'd stop driving my wife insane when I had nothing to do. Would you buy gas again? Uh, not at the moment, no. I reckon if I had like a family of four, then I think I'd struggle to find the time particularly with a young family as they got older, I'd go back to it, but with a daughter who's four and again, because the current situation, a lot more time to actually be able to engage with it where I'm not gallivanting off down the pub as much as we'd all love to. You can't (laughs) um, go and see other people. I do miss having people over for a barbecue though. That is one aspect of barbecuing, which I absolutely love the social side of it. That's gone completely gone. Definitely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. There's, and I think as well, when you're doing more the American style barbecuing, you know, when you are smoking, you know, your briskets, ribs, pulled pork, you know, whole pieces of meat, it just lends itself, doesn't it? To you, you, you naturally cook for more people. They're bigger, you know, they're bigger joints. And yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I can't wait until we can get back to being able to, you know, <laughs> cook for each other, get in the back garden, you know, and uh, enjoy a couple of beers at the same time. I mean, we were lucky in, in sort of September time. Um, we got to have like a barbecue together, September, October time. And it was so good to actually be around people. I mean, across the world, everyone's got different restrictions and things in the current situation. And there's probably lots of people out there who are listening who have still been able to see family more than other people in the UK even um, to do kind of group barbecuing events. And I am sure cooking for multiple people will improve your skill of barbecuing and the quality of food you're producing tenfold. Because if you're cooking for yourself and something goes slightly wrong, you're like, eh, learning, learning curve. You don't have that buffer if you're cooking for other people. You just don't. So not only have you got the social side, but the improvement of your skill of barbecuing, I think, is also a detriment because you, you can try different things, but you don't have to push yourself. True, but I think there's generally it's your family and friends anyway, so you kind of they're forgiven, you know, even if uh, even if it doesn't turn out. I'm very, you know, I'm very much an amateur barbecue. I, you know, I, I'm, I don't compete. I don't. I don't. This is not my day job. This is just something I do because I love it. But. I like to think I'm, you know, I'm a perfectionist. And I want to make sure that every single piece of food that I cook on on any of the barbecues that I've got is like the very best. Probably one of the hardest things I think around barbecue, and I don't know if you agree, is actually letting the meat rest. Yeah, gotcha. Like the, the other the other day, I um, I cooked up a, a, a three and a half kilo piece of brisket. It was literally the size of my arm, and um, I got up at three o'clock in the morning. So I've got a uh, Weber Smoky Mountain, so a water bullet smoker. 
um, and I used apple, uh, oak to smoke, you know, smoke the brisket. And um, after, you know, I, I nurtured it for 12 hours and the, the hour and a half that I had to let it rest was probably the hardest hour and a half that I had to, you know, you can just see the smell of it and, and, but it's obviously probably, you know, as, as well as actually cooking it, resting it is probably one of the most important things you can do. Um, it's that and understanding how long to rest it. Because if I was doing a roast, for example, uh, depending on the meat, quite often you go, right, rest it for as long as you cooked it for. Barbecuing, if you're going to be doing a brisket for, and also bearing in mind that like sizes of meat that we cut and cook and, and get to play with compared to like the Americans or even the Australians, um, it's going to be a lot smaller. So we might smoke a brisket for eight hours. Do you know what I mean? Six or eight hours, depending on the size. Um, and there's no way that I rest it for six or eight hours. I want to at some point, but you do see some of the other kind of big American style bits where they've been smoking it for 14, 16, 18 hours. And then they rest it for that amount of time as well. I mean, what's the longest time that you've rested something like a brisket for? Uh, two, two, two and a bit hours. Hmm. So the longest cook has been 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the biggest piece of the biggest piece of brisket I've cooked is uh, five kilos, and yeah, that took twelve hours, and then obviously a two-hour rest. And I also think, obviously, you know, there's nothing nicer than brisket. Is, you know, once it's rested and, and and you've cooked, but actually, leftover brisket is is a is a thing of beauty. You always, I always think you you tend to taste the smoke flavour the day after, you know, and putting it in like a, almost like a steak and ale pie, but doing it with brisket instead, you know, is, is an absolute thing of magic. Big part of my Instagram posts, although I've, I've not done them as much recently because I've done smaller cooks, but um, are the leftover meals afterwards. So like I'll cook a brisket and I'll get like five or six leftover meals out of it, which will all go on Instagram as well, because I think, Yes, barbecuing is so important and it's why I've done that, but it's also educating people that you can cook these big things and there's going to be no waste if you know what you're doing and not being afraid to use it. But like you say, you stick bits of brisket in a bolognese, Jesus, that'll lift it. That'll lift the flavour and the just the profile of the whole thing. But even if you just take some leftover brisket from like a few days ago and you just you've got it cut thinly anyway, depending on how you've stored it, stick that under some stock in the oven for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes or something. You'll bring it right back to life. Um, I think particularly with British cooking, there's this huge fear of that being a very dry piece of meat. And that's because we don't talk about how to cook it properly. We don't. It's hard to buy brisket in the UK unless you go looking for it. It's not something that you'll often stumble across in a supermarket, for example. No, I think traditionally we have it as like a boned and rolled joint that we roast. It's your Sunday roast, isn't it? Um, I know when I go to my local butchers that if I want to actually get a, a flat piece of brisket, the point and flat, I actually have to specifically order it weeks in advance, you know, in, in advance to make sure that they actually have it because obviously they cut it all down and roll it, et cetera, for people's, people's roast dinners. I've been barbecuing for probably seven, eight years now. And um, I started with a Weber kettle. So a 57 mm-hmm. centimetre 
kettle, uh, which I've still got. It's kind of my baby. Absolutely love it. And I was, do- I was always doing these cooks anyway, not really getting into social media that much. But uh, again, I think with, with uh, extra time on our hands that we had in 2020, you know, it was kind of a case of, oh, I'm joined. I don't think many people will actually see it. And I, I couldn't believe the actual kind of community that there is out on Instagram. Let's go back um, a bit, though. Yeah. Anyone who knows Owen properly knows that the real reason he was getting into Instagram is because of the peacocking nature and the um, competitive nature of this man meant that as soon as lockdown happened, no one could see what he was doing. He couldn't show people how good he was. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Instagram opened that bubble to him. But the ironic thing is, it's so supportive, the barbecue community out there on Instagram. And I mean, I've got friends who have pages which are all dedicated to alcohol. um, And I follow a lot of alcohol pages and different communities can have quite um, a level of animosity towards each other and like anger and competitive. And this is right. No, this is right. Not in the barbecue community at all. It's so supportive, so supportive, which is great to see. It just encourages people to go out there and cook more and cook better things. You don't feel like you're going to get laughed at if you mess up or something like that. But also, I wouldn't be afraid to put a cook up there that I've messed up. Would not bother me whatsoever. No, and I think obviously a lot of Instagram is is about these kind of picture, you know, picture perfect lifestyles and. And I just don't think that's the case, you know, with, with necessarily what we do, rightly or wrongly. Um, you know, some people are like, well, you should only put polished images on. But actually, half of you know, half of it's about it's about the learning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, if you cook if you if you cook something and it doesn't work out, which which I've done plenty of times, even even documenting it and showing people that actually we're all human, you don't, you know, you don't get it right, get, get back on the horse and give it another go, right? Yeah, there's there's that. And maybe maybe we'd feel different about it if like we were professionals on Instagram per se or we saw it as a day job as it were but because it's a hobby and a passion I'm not going to spend three four five hours cooking something and then spend five six seven eight hours getting the one right shot and then sticking it in photoshop and editing it and everything I personally do not use filters on Instagram I just don't. I don't. I could do, and it could change the look of lots of things and bring out colours, etc. But I'm not going to because I want people to see what I've done. But also, it's almost like a diary for me. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So I'm not. I'm not yeah. going to sugarcoat it because in like a year's time, I could go back and look at it and think, God, what the hell did I do to that piece of steak to make it look like that? You whacked a stupid filter on it, you idiot. That's what you've done. Um, that's not to say that maybe stuff would look a lot better if I use those filters and maybe I'd get more interaction, but is that why you're doing it? Yeah. So what's your um what's next for you then? So obviously you've you've bought this kettle. Yeah. So it's a uh, uh, barbecue. What's your what's the next thing for you? Currently what I've got is um I believe it's a firestorm 57 centimeter kettle. Um, and it's got what, for lack of another way of describing it, like the gourmet grill thing that the Webers have with the middle bit that you can take out. So, um, just been using that smoking and things. I wanted, uh, like a plancher plate on it, like kind of the flat top plate, which I got for Christmas. So I've been using that a lot, which has changed my cooks completely because, um, normally at home, if I wasn't using the barbecue, if I'm making my own burgers, they're always smash burgers and trying to do that 
on like a grill, not a flat top. So hard to get it right and get the feeling and everything that you got from it. So I've been playing around with that, which lets me do more things like breakfasts and everything. I've not, I've not done a smash burger. What? That's for me. Again, I suppose it all depends how you cook your burgers, but I get a lot better texture out of it and more moisture as well. I've, I've literally just had a burger uh, again, fired up the, the kettle the, the mm. tonight and uh, had a lovely steak and uh, marrow burger. Uh, which was which is great, but again, I just cook them on the grill. I don't, yeah, I've never done a smash burger. Give it a go. I see a lot of people. I see a lot. Of, it's quite a popular thing, isn't it? Uh, again, it is. And referring back to Instagram, but there's different ways of doing it as well. Whether you're going to be obsessed with form, because certain people would argue if you do a perfect quote unquote smash burger, because you've rolled it into a ball and you've put it on there, depending on how you're compressing it, it'll come out like a normal patty. Now, whether you want to get obsessive with that or not, personally, I quite like when they're not a perfect form and you get all the gnarly bits on the bottom. And it's that contact as well and the pressure, which I think helps with it retains some of the moisture, which sometimes you don't get by cooking it in other ways. I just, I just prefer them that way. I, I enjoy doing them that way as well. It, it's something more enjoyable, I find, by cooking that way and the act of pushing it down and making sure you've got everything right. Obviously, I don't think that'll work very well if you're stuffing a burger. Of course not. But um, it's my preferred method. Give it a go. Definitely give it a go. Yeah. I, to be fair, I've got like a griddle type thing that would, you know, essentially do, do mm. the same thing. Just just never have. But I think next, so obviously you've, you've, it's just different, the... different cuts for me. Dif- different cuts, different meats. I barely cook with pork because my wife's not a huge fan of pork. I've done a few like pulled porks, but like I'd love to do a pork knuckle. Just not got around to it. Um, I'd also love to do a pulled pork for like twice or three times the amount of time that I'd normally do it for. Uh, just as an experiment, so, like, because low and slow, they're like, well, the longer you do it, the more moisture will be in there. Is that true, though? Because I'm pretty sure that if I smoked it at 120 for five days, that thing would have no moisture at all. But depending on what you read, um, what size of pork kind of piece you've got cut, some people do it for like six hours. Some people do it for eight. But then you hear about people doing it for like 24. So you're not going to, you've obviously said about, you've got the, the kettle, mm. um, you've got the plancher mm. and you're looking to kind of expand into different cuts and things. Are you looking to expand your your hardware? Are you looking to get another barbecue? or Not at the moment. I mean, if I had all the space and everything, I'd be really tempted by an offset smoker. Yeah, I'd, I'd like them. But um, otherwise, I'm I'm happy with what I've got. And at the moment, I've got enough space on there. Now, if it comes to the point that everyone can come back over again and you can have big parties and managing that sort of size of barbecue, then I'm sure there's other options. But it, at the moment, it's doing for me what I need it to do. And I like the fact I can be that versatile on one piece of machinery. Yeah. I mean, yourself, you've got quite a few different ones. Some of them you've bought, some of them you've won, you lucky so-and-so. But um, like, shout out to the Broil King. <laughs> are you finding that you kind of do use all of them regularly, or do you have some that are almost show pieces, or you use like once a month compared to the rest? If you're doing four or five cooks a week, so the one I don't use is the gas. I think obviously I've already alluded to that. Um, the the two, so I've got the Weber kettle. Um, and then I've recently got, which I did win, which was a, an absolutely fantastic prize just before Christmas, was the Broil King keg, 
2000. Uh, what a piece of kit that is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it weighs f- like 50 kilos. It's, he- it's heavy <laughs> to, to even move around. But yeah, I, I mainly use the kettle and the, the Broken keg. And I've bought some kind of extensions for the broking as well. So I've, I've uh, like a diffuser plate so I can actually do low and slow. So like tomorrow I mentioned, I'm going to do a, you know, some pulled pork. Mm-hmm. I've not actually smoked on it yet. So I've got, I've done more direct cooking on the, on the broking so far. Um, you know, I've done some pies and things like that, but I haven't actually done like a proper low and slow and actually smoked wood. So I'm going to try that tomorrow. Typically I'll use the Smoky Mountain. So I've got the biggest Mm-hmm. smoking mountain you can literally feed a small army on that thing it's massive <laughs> um, because it's two it's two level grilling as well you've got two plates uh, mm-hmm. or two grills sorry and um so i mainly do all my smoking on that and and that's pretty much what it's built for you know mm-hmm. if it is a smoker but i reckon i'm probably smoking maybe two at least two or three times a month so i'll probably use a smoking mountain and then the rest of the time it is a mix between the broking and the and the Weber, I think what's good with the Weber is I think that it lends itself more to like two zone cooking uh, yeah. and like, in, you know, a, a bit more indirect where with um, the Broil King, because actually where the coal goes, it's quite, a, it's quite a, a, you know, the diameter of it is actually quite small. So it's quite difficult to, to kind of two zone and um, having that diffuser, which you have to, you know, you have to purchase as an extra does kind of help, you know, bring, you know, bring the temperature yeah not as direct but i tend to use the the kettle for that kind of two zone stuff i suppose the other thing that i'd quite like is in a dream world if i could have anything i'd have like a komodo joe or i'd have like a big green egg and uh, not only like kind of the control of heat that you get on there and kind of how quick and easy it appears to get the heat that you want as well if you want to change it for any reason i love the multi-layer aspect of it so you could be like smoking or cooking like a joint on there and then literally have all of the juices falling directly onto your spuds underneath or any kind of greens or anything else that you've going on there. And then off to one yeah. side, you could also be doing something like Yorkshire's as well. Um, whereas at the moment for me, it's all about timings from doing those aspects and because of the size of kettle I've got, I can't really set it up or I can't easily set it up that I can fully take advantage of those meat juices directly onto something like potatoes. Otherwise I've got to be careful of how I collect them and do them a different way or elsewhere even. And you just don't get the same sort of performance. What I want to say to everyone out there is this is giving you a flavor of why and what this podcast is, why we've put it together and why we're doing it Um, over the next few weeks, months, years, however long we keep this going for, and knowing us both, because we are both quite stubborn, it could be forever, so I'm warning you, that is a possibility. Um, You're not just going to hear our voices, we're looking to introduce people that we get excited about their food. So these are people that we've seen on Instagram, we've seen what they've been doing, we love it, Um, we've seen them in other forms of media, and we've reached out and we're looking to get them involved. Similarly, if you are interested in maybe taking part or kind of engaging us and wanting us to talk about things, please do get in contact with us. Um, in the description of the podcast, we'll have information about how to contact us and do get involved because it's only going to make our conversations more interesting for you. And that's what we want. We want to open up this conversation because it's one thing seeing pictures on your phone, on social media and certain captions underneath it's another altogether when you can sit down and talk about it properly. And that's what we're bringing to you or trying to over the next 
few episodes, series, seasons, whatever you want to call it. We're just talking. That's what we want to do. Yeah, so we, please we, do. We've got some. We do have some fantastic guests lined up. <clears throat> really can't wait to hear what so, they have to yeah. say. And we've got some exciting and fun sort of segments, haven't we, to kind of discuss with them and, and just kind of open up and hear, and hear about their their lives, what they cook, what they what they want to achieve, why they do it. A couple of games or two, which is also going to be quite interesting. And um, as well as the description, we do want to hear from you. And um, you'll, you'll also see us on Instagram as well mm-hmm. at the meet.greet barbecue podcast and um, tag, tag us in. Thank you so much for listening. And um, we'll meet and greet you again next time you're around. Thank you. Until next time.